Well, welcome back, my fellow in chargers. It's Julie back again. And let's see, what are we talking about today? Um, I had a I had a thought about um so I'd heard someplace, I don't know, it just somebody said it in passing it, just kind of stuck in my brain. And I saw it differently this time, but it's the phrase no one ever changes, you know, or and don't go back to the old thing. They, they don't change the people never change that you get, you know, the gist. And I thought about that differently this time, as I've already stated, um, I saw it as, yeah, they don't change, but what if we just cover up? So, you know, people say, well, in, we typically deal with this in relationships. Um, I was talking with a, a girlfriend who was, you know, talking about past relationships and and she said, well, he, he doesn't change. And yeah, that behavior doesn't change, but that doesn't mean that's who they are. So... Yeah, this is gonna. This is kind of coming out a little bit convoluted, so stick with me. Um, and for those of you who stuck through that hour and eleven minute one, way to go! Um, you guys are champs. But um, that one started out bumpy too, but I liked where it got to toward the end. So please stick with me for this one too, because what I'm thinking is what I saw was. People are born a certain way. They are. And then they become something else. And that's where I saw the change. That's where I saw people don't change. Who you are is not the same as who you became. Who they became is not the same as who they are. So when you're talking about your exes, it's like, yeah, they're not going to change. Right. But is that who they are? Did you meet them before you ever really knew them? Because maybe with that in mind, and, and look at it with yourself, is really where I want you to go with this. Are you who you are? Or are you who you became? And what do I mean by that? When we're children, and we use the phrase inner child now, and it doesn't sit well with me. It's not like really grating on my nerves, but it never really gels with me. And I'm still looking for a term for it. And I think the only one that I've come close to is sapling. Because if you're dealing with a tree, and I've used this in other episodes too, the tree grows around itself. It just, it, it adds layers to it. And that's kind of what I mean about how you become versus what you are. That sapling is still alive inside of you. And it, it was protected. And so it grew layers outside of it. It covered up who you are. And sometimes, it's not an issue. Sometimes you just grow as you are. So then new layers are added, but you're still as you are. 
and I was thinking about this tree that was in my yard growing up and we had, um, my father had finagled a, um, a dog line from the, that he attached to the tree and then went across the yard to the shed so that we could tie the dog up and he could still have a, he had a run that he could be on without leaving the yard. We didn't have to fence in the entire yard. And my father had put this wire through um, an old bit of hose so that it wouldn't scar up the tree. But the dog ended up living until he was like 14 or 15. Um, and so the, the run stayed up for a good long time. And what ended up happening is the tree grew around that hose, that lead that was underneath of it in the wire. And that is kind of the, um, the symbolism for the, the scarring that we get as children, the wound that happens to us. And so the tree is in its natural state. And now it's going to incorporate this thing, this, this hurt to it. And it's going to become part of the tree but it wasn't there all along. And so these layers build around it. And now you can't tell who you are versus who you became. We have roles, we have things that we do. And how can I say this eloquently? I don't know. I don't, Cause I'm kind of bumbling it out myself because I can see it, I can feel it. It felt true to me when I heard it differently, when it was like, yeah, we don't change, but we become something different. And so what I'm urging here, what I'm focusing on, trying to, trying to eke out, is to look at yourself and others with this bit of compassion, where you might not be seeing yourself in your true light. You might have been working with that wound for so long that it that you think that's who you are. You might think of yourself as less than because of that wound. Worthless, unlovable, whatever. But you built around that wound. If you can get into and beyond that wound and see who you were, see that sapling for exactly what it is, who you are in your most natural state, then you can get back to you at your greatest, at your best. And what was also occurring to me is with that wound, what happens is we walk out into the world not wanting to be wounded again and wanting to be accepted. And with that acceptance coming from that wound space, it will come in the terms of being beaten with the shame stick. And what that looks like is when 
let's use the body as the best example just because it's the most prevalent. People are the most aware of it. If you gain weight, get old, wrinkled, saggy, all of those things, if you are not the ideal body type, too short, too tall, too thin, too fat, too whatever, then you are not accepted. And then, therefore, you are shamed. But that's the clear end of that shame stick. That's the one that we're really aware of. But that acceptance, we think, okay, if I just get toned, fit, muscular, somehow grow or shrink or whatever it is, then I will be accepted. Well, what if you already are that quote unquote ideal? Because the ideal changes depending on your culture, depending on your geographical area, um, what's accepted in, in your area is going to be a little bit different than another. So there's an ideal out there. There's a, a an idea that there's an ideal. There's There's something that says this will get you accepted. But that's just the other end of the shame stick. It's being beaten with the same stick. There's no winning with that. The ones that are quote unquote accepted for what they are, they either know it consciously and they use it to their ability or they become conscious of it later on if they slip out of it. If let's say you have a baby and your hips widen and you get a a paunch and you get stretch marks and cellulite, all of those things are now unacceptable. So you've faded out of that level. And that becomes the driving force to get your body back, to make it look like it was before. And that's going back to the wound because again, it's being beaten with the same stick. Now there's a shame in I'm no longer accepted. Let's say you do get the body. You lose a hundred pounds. You become muscular, fit, toned. Okay, now you are accepted. People are giving you accolades. Oh my God, all kinds of attention that you might not have never gotten. You might be able to disappear to the point where like if you've had If you've lost 100 pounds, you no longer look at all like you once did. So people don't recognize you. So you're able to meld into your world and become something new. Because those people that rejected you before don't even recognize you, literally. So what's happening with the acceptance and the shame and the blame and all of that had nothing to do with them with your body type, with anything other than your own level of acceptance. But how many of us actually accept ourselves as we are? We're looking to become something different. And that becoming is what gets us all twisted. It's like running a race and and saying, okay, I'm going for that trophy. I'm going for that ribbon, that medal, that, that whatever. So the person that won the medal, that won the trophy, 
that won the race, they're better than the person who came in third or last? No. We all ran the race. Or maybe you didn't run the race. Maybe you're doing something. You're sitting on the sidelines and you're cheering. Does that make you less than? In this becoming mindset, it does. But if you just go back to who you are, then that level of acceptance fades away. You're not beating yourself with the shame stick anymore. You just are you. And it might be challenging to figure out how you get back to who you are. How do you figure out who that is? And you have to follow your intuition. You have to build that muscle. You have to know what it feels like, how the feelings of dread or sadness or anxiety or fear or all of those clenching type of energies, all of those feelings, you have to be aware of them in your body. Are you, are you aware that you might be clenching your toes as you're driving your car or that, that your hand is always balled up into a fist when you're around certain people? That's you sending a signal to you saying, oh, I'm, I'm in a place that I feel defensive, where I'm ready to punch my way out, where, where I got to grip tight because, oh God, what's going to happen next? And your body sends these signals. So the weight that you gain, the sagginess, the, all of those things, those are signals that your body is trying to send to you to say, this is your emotional state. This is what you're presenting, but it's not who you are. So I was having a conversation with um, some old classmates at a memorial service this weekend, and one of them was reporting about his job, and he was saying how um, he had a CHF. And I went, what? What is CHF? Congestive heart failure. And I was familiar with it because I had a dog a long time ago who died from congestive heart failure. And his heart was always too big for him. And it was literally too big. And what ended up happening was it wore down and it created the fluid around the heart to protect it. And we do that. As human beings, we we get guarded. We come from that wound and we guard our heart so vigorously, so emphatically. And we we get prickly or or we stay away from people and we guard it so hard that our body says, I got this. I'll guard it for you. And it creates something like congestive heart failure, where it can layer around your heart, but then that, that actually is what kills you. Now that's a drastic example, but it's a real one. My dog had a heart that was too big. He cared so much. He took on everybody else's stuff and he was our earth angel. And then that ends up killing him. And I'm the spiritual type, so if you haven't picked that up yet, you're on the wrong channel right now. 
but I believe that those earth angels are sent to us to do just that, to help us heal our wounds, work with our own hearts, open them back up. And if you haven't heard that one, that was the hour and a, I think hour and 11 minutes uh, long one. Open up. That's what we're being asked to do. Stop beating ourselves with the shame stick. Don't beat yourself up for coming in last for running the race because every time you took a step in that race, you were winning. But we forget that the journey is the destination. That's the reward, is taking the steps and going. It's not the trophy, the medal, the attaboy at the end of it, the yee-haw, the pat on the back, whatever it is. It's not the end run that matters because there isn't an end run. That's a superficial ending. It's not real. It's made up. It's a becoming. So all the trophies, all the material goods, all the things that we're conditioned to say are our things, the things that we're supposed to strive for that will make us happy, that's inaccurate. You've been sold a bill of goods that isn't worth its weight in breath. It's, that's it. It's not real. So you might have gotten a job. You might have gotten the girl, the guy. The, you might have gotten the, the body. You might have done all that. And then you go, yeah, now what? Why doesn't this feel good? Because it's not who you are. If you're living as you are, if you go all the way back and yeah, it takes strength to go all the way back, to go into those wounds. It takes strength that a lot of people don't have. And this was another thing that occurred to me. A friend of mine used to use the phrase, or she still uses the phrase, good peasant stock. You and I, we come from good peasant stock. And, and I liked that. And I didn't like it at the same time because it says that people look down on the peasants and then they give the royalty, the, the throne. Well, the royalty and the peasants need to swap labels because those peasants have been through such adversity that they can hold their heads up. They know how to get through a storm. They know how to get through drought when their crops aren't growing. And they know how to, they, they know how to be resilient. They've learned resiliency. Where royalty was fed from silver spoons and they had everything given to them and they had people do things for them. The peasants are the royalty. Those are the ones who are in the trenches and they're doing the work. Those are my people, the good peasant stock. I want to be with them. I don't care how much money you've got. You're nothing if you don't know honesty and resilience and truth and just the grassroots of what it means to fall down and get back up again. There's a puzzle that I have that is, it's a Norman Rockwell puzzle and I love doing it. It's one of like, you know, I'll go through puzzles and just, it's fun to do them once or twice and then 
pass them on to somebody else. But this is one that I won't let go of because the Norman Rockwell picture is of a little girl sitting outside of the principal's office. She's sitting on the bench and she is all, her hair's tousled, still in pigtails, but tousled. She's got a bandaid over her knee. Her skirt is ritched up. You can see she's scunned up on the knees and she has a raging black eye, just a shiner and a half. And the hugest smile on her face. And I love that Norman Rockwell because it says, sometimes you got to get into the fight and you come out scuffed, but damn, it's worth the fight. And that's how I feel because I've had to fight to find out who I was, who I am, not who I became. And I want to encourage you all to get to know who you are. And you know it because it's effortless. It's light. It's energized. You feel at your natural best. And you feel kind of invincible. Like nobody can can touch you because you accept exactly who you are. You see who you are. You know who you are. And that's what we're looking for. All of us are just looking to be loved, to be seen for who we are. So are you who you are or or are you who you became? And maybe it'll help you to look at other people when you see them with the toned body, the, the, the desire to be at the gym seven days a week or, you know, eating nothing but lettuce and chicken and broccoli. Like, you can feel compassion for them because they don't want to slide out of that acceptance because they know that they're going to be beaten with the shame stick, but they're already being beaten with the shame stick. We all are. But the way out of it is to accept who you are. And then nobody can beat you with that because you'll see who you are and it'll be great. It already is great. You're fabulous exactly as you are. Figure out who that is. And I'm going to leave you in charge of doing just that. Take care. Till next time.